Have you heard about the new handicapping and betting app that is sweeping the nation? It's called First Bet, and it puts the power of AI-assisted handicapping, seamless wagering, and live HD video in the palm of your hand. Thousands of bettors have already made First Bet their way to handicap, bet, and watch more than 300 of the world's top tracks. Isn't it time for you to join them? And when you give First Bet a try today, you can cash in on a huge welcome bonus. Sign up with promo code Sport of Kings, all one word, and you will get $10 just for joining as well as a 10% rebate, up to $500 for your first 30 days. With that much free cash on the line, what do you have to lose? Get started at first.com slash bet. That's number one, st.com slash bet. And don't forget promo code Sport of Kings when you sign up. And if you already have an ExpressBet account, you're way ahead of the game. Simply log into FirstBet using your username and password, and you're off to the races. Up to 18 years or older and 21 years old in certain states to open an account with FirstBet and reside in the state where such activity is legal, void to prohibit national gambling support line 800-522-4700. Win your share of up to $100,000 every week with Jokers Run Wild at Muckleshoot Casino. We're drawing winners every Wednesday in May at 6, 7, and 8 p.m. inside Galaxy. Be here for your chance to win up to $100,000. Play with your Muckleshoot Rewards card to earn entries with double entries on Tuesdays. Jokers Run Wild at Muckleshoot Casino, the biggest and best in the Northwest. and running at Emerald Downs in 2022. Horse Racing Northwest from Emerald Downs, thanks for joining us. We are audio only this week. Uh, just working out a couple of different things, uh, getting some things placed in their proper position. And uh, hey, we'll be back on that video podcast. But right now, it's Joe with the and Vince Brune from the television studio at Emerald Downs. Vince, good afternoon. Good afternoon, Joe. Yeah, the weather forecast, good news. Looking good this weekend as we go into days two and three on Saturday and Sunday, two o'clock both days. Yes, and you just heard Bill Downs kick off the 2022 meeting with the first words out of his mouth as our new track announcer as the gates opened for race number one last Sunday, May 15th. Uh, it was pretty darn wet out there, but boy, nice crowd, excellent wagering handle. In fact, a uh, record handle for a nine race card. Almost 2.3 million. Yeah, I was really pleased when I heard that at the end of the day, Joe, because, you know, we were a little bummed out. We got up Sunday and the weather wasn't so good, but, you know, it wasn't good crowd it was very lively and festive and everyone was into the racing yeah i thought it was fun fans wanted to get back you know uh live racing is rules and we're open for simulcasting wednesday through sunday all year long but uh the, the new meet has started and uh hey we had some good performances as usual again that really excellent handle talk about uh, weekly honors for May 15th. Well, with the jockey, it's who else? Juan Gutierrez, our all-time leading rider. In fact, he had another milestone. He's had a lot of them the last few years. Juan Gutierrez, triple opening day, first rider to reach 1,500 wins at Emerald Downs. He did it in the final race on Lynchtown uh, for trainer Alan Bazell. Good job, Boz, with two wins. And uh, he is our trainer of the week. And those Lynch, Lynch pins, Joe, they're runners. 
March on Lynch, Lynchtown both winning. We've watched Lynchpin Storm all winter down in Arizona do great. So, yeah, uh, he's number two in state earnings, uh, Washington bred earnings this year so far, Lynchpin Storm. Yeah, and Howard Belvoir also with a double on uh, mm-hmm. on opening day. Our Washington bred Frank's Fix It. You know, this horse is getting better and better and better. And uh, he went almost gate to wire, paid ten forty to win. Uh, congratulations, John Parker, Candy Kreiderman, Javier Matias up. And the winning breeder is Steve Meredith there with Frank's Fix-It. You bet. Uh, Frank's Fix-It. Uh, I know myself, John Lindley, or Bill Downs did not pick that horse to win. And if you look in the front of the form from Sunday's selection page, not one handicapper there had Frank's Fix-It in the top three. So... Uh, but, you know, he gives all those good efforts all the time. He just seemed like maybe a little bit beatable type, and and he had the one post. So, uh, but he just put away that other speed horse. Um, decimate. Decimate and went on to a pretty easy victory. I think in his last nine starts, he has three wins in three seconds here. And he's tough on the front end, Joe. I've really come to respect uh, Frank's fix-it. Yep. So he is our Washington Bread of the Week, four-year-old son of Gold Alley out of, Nina Nicole by Touch Gold, as you mentioned, bred by Steve Meredith. So, yeah, week number one was fun. Uh, Shoot, we got some great stuff coming out of our concession stands, Chef Scott. And, of course, that 14.7% takeout on the win play show wagers is really important. Uh, That's going to be taken note of by handicappers around the nation. And how about John Lindley, who is really a... He's really a, a exacta trifecta and a pick three, pick four guy. But he made a win bet on his selection of I am all that you are in race number six. Mm-hmm. And when he gave that horse out, he was 15 to one. And he ended up paying, uh, I think, 13 bucks, a, a high five to one. But John actually made a win bet on that one. Good for John. Yeah. And that's not his typical style no. horse, is it? You know, that's great win bet there. And that horse is already back in. Mm-hmm. This week, so chance for that uh, Tina Birdwell trainee to be the first double winner at the meet. Back in on Saturday, back in in six days. So uh, great takeout on the win place show. Um, no training day this week. If you were looking for that on YouTube, we uh, had some extra duties going on here in week number two to get ready for this weekend. And I was out early today. I was wondering where you were. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we missed it. A couple other trainers were as well, but we'll be back for training day. And uh, we're going to introduce the jockeys this week. That's usually an opening day feature, but boy, they would have been standing out in the rain for yeah. several minutes and it was raining pretty good at that time. So yeah, we want to recognize the jocks for all the great work they do. The fans like to get a good look at them up close there. A little change every year. Some of the familiar faces, some new ones. So yeah, this weekend. Yeah. Vince writes that copy and Bill Downs will be voicing that. We'll introduce the jockeys in the paddock on Saturday about 25 minutes before the first race. So if you want to get down and get a close look at all of our riders, head down toward the paddock Saturday about 25 minutes before, which would be about 1.50 in the afternoon. On Preakness Saturday. Preakness Saturday. Gates open at 7 a.m. on Saturday. The fifth floor open early, 7 a.m. opening. Preakness Stakes itself goes at 4 p.m., and uh, Bill Downs will join us in our third segment a little bit further on in the show today. And we'll take a look at that Preakness Stakes as well as some Emerald Downs action for this weekend. So uh, 
The gates open at Friday, on Friday morning at 8 a.m. Friday, 8 a.m., Black-Eyed Susan Day. They've got an excellent card that day as well. And uh, Vince, how about news and notes at emeralddowns.com? We are going to start those on, I believe, uh, the week after next, once okay. we get three days of racing in the books. Get some data in there to, get to some write data. about. Yeah, so once we get through three days in, every by every Thursday, they will be up. Okay. We'll take a look ahead at the week coming with the feature races and then uh, all the up-to-date stats in all the categories. And this is Teacher Appreciation Weekend as well. If you work for a school district or a teacher or just just have any job, any position in a school district, bring your ID and you will get in free both Saturday and Sunday this weekend. Teacher Appreciation Weekend. Another highlight of Saturday, before the Preakness, we're going to recognize the Auburn High School boys basketball mm-hmm. team. 3A state champions, first boys basketball title in school history, and what a year they had. Uh, uh, They scored about 80 points a game. They scored over 100 points several times. And, you know, at the Tacoma Dome, they beat Garfield, Mm -hmm. Seattle Prep, and Rainier Beach on successive nights. Wow. Yeah, and those teams have won 13 of the last 25 state titles, so... I am happy to see our local high school get the win. Yeah, it's kind of surprised me, Joe. They got a pretty proud tradition there, sports history in Auburn and in basketball, too. Yeah, they have. They've had a lot of really good teams, um, but it just shows it's not easy to win the championship. And, you know, they had to beat Garfield on on, uh, Thursday, um, and Garfield had beaten them at Auburn High School uh, six weeks earlier by about 10 points. And... And Garfield had not lost a game in Washington State this that season, this wow. past season. And and uh, now, didn't Auburn also go out of state mm-hmm. to, to participate in a nationwide tournament? They that did. They fared pretty well into. They did. They it was a four team tournament, and they won on Thursday. They won pretty easily, and then they were defeated by a Florida team on Saturday for a another type of national title. So just a fantastic season, twenty eight and three record overall. What's the name of the coach there at Auburn? Coach Ryan Hansen. He got state coach of the year. Great. And uh, just uh, three of the seniors, uh, Blassen Game, Arrington, and Hansen had uh, played together a lot. Uh, we'll learn more about them That's on great Saturday. that they're coming out, yeah. yeah. Mayor Backus from Auburn's going to join the ceremony as well. So, okay, well, we're going to take a time out. Much more upcoming, and you're listening to Horse Racing Northwest. Have you heard about the new handicapping and betting app that is sweeping the nation? It's called First Bet, and it puts the power of AI-assisted handicapping, seamless wagering, and live HD video in the palm of your hand. Thousands of bettors have already made First Bet their way to handicap, bet, and watch more than 300 of the world's top tracks. Isn't it time for you to join them? And when you give First Bet a try today, you can cash in on a huge welcome bonus. Sign up with promo code SPORTOFKINGS, all one word, and you will get $10 just for joining, as well as a 10% rebate, up to $500 for your first. 30 days. With that much free cash on the line, what do you have to lose? Get started at first.com slash bet. That's number one, st.com slash bet. And don't forget promo code SPORTOFKINGS when you sign up. And if you already have an ExpressBet account, you're way ahead of the game. Simply log into FirstBet using your username and password, and you're off to the races. A be 18 years or older and 21 years old in certain states to open an account with FirstBet and reside in a state where such activity is legal, void to prohibit a national gambling support line 800-522-4700. 
as they arrive at the top of the home stretch. It's Sleepy Sue, the first to face us. Lovely Hussar angles the outside in second as these two are clear by four lengths over flying by. One furlong to go, and it's Sleepy Sue who opens up. Sleepy Sue has lead by three and a half lengths. Lovely Hussar is a clear cut second, but second best to Sleepy Sue. Sleepy Sue will prevail. Sleepy Sue, a winner of the fourth race at Emerald Downs on Sunday. Jennifer Whitaker aboard for trainer Howard Belvoir. Hall of Fame Washington trainer Howard Belvoir. And, of course, uh, Vince Howard and Jennifer combined for a win in the very next race with Western Rule. So a pretty fair opening day for the Belvoir barn. Sensational opening day. Yeah, Western Rule ran down a... Can't remember the name of the horse that was loose on the lead and one going away and then sleepy sue won by five so pretty good for number three all time howard belvoir in the washington hall of fame i think that's 710 career wins here for him howard belvoir joins us on horse racing northwest howard good afternoon hey joe how are you good good to have you on howard <clears throat> excuse me uh season yes, number three <laughs> Season number 27 is underway at Emerald Downs, and uh, you got off to a good start. Uh, Jennifer's been uh, working with you in the mornings, and uh, she gets on uh, at least 10 a morning, doesn't she? She gets 10 to 12, depends on how many we have to go and how rough they are. Yeah, I bet you Howard can close his eyes and drive that golf cart to a spot out there on the apron. That that cart knows right where to go, and Howard's been a, a bastion of strength out there on morning training for years. And, and you know what? Howard knows, like, when it's windy, where to park the cart, and he knows all the nooks and crannies <laughs> out there, all the veteran moves. <laughs> yeah. Well, Howard, uh, yeah, congratulations. Uh, what's your stable like this year? Um, give us a kind of an overview of it. Well, it's a it's a live stable. Uh, we're good all the way across the board. Little light on two year olds. Only got three two year olds, I think. And uh, but it's it's pretty live. You know, it's like any racing. You have to have a trip, and you have to have uh, everything go right. Like uh, opening day. I, <clears throat> excuse me. I had five in. I thought I had a chance with all of them. Mm -hmm. Then when the rain came and uh, didn't hurt the first two, but the rest of them, I thought I hurt it a little bit. Yeah, what about Proud Lion? Uh, he was kind of in the middle of the pack. And, uh, um, well, is he just going to be a miler again? Because, uh, uh, well, what's your thoughts on him? He didn't run his best, probably. Well, I think he's he's uh, probably, like you say, he routed last year and uh won three mm -hmm. and it's a little little maybe a little cheaper company i don't know but you, i always feel sometimes if everything goes right a, a router early can beat the sprinters because they usually yep can run through fitness so but i i think the the surface didn't help him any and uh so uh we're kind of limited usually the route races don't go here until way later on. So, you know, but, I'm su uh, I'm surprised you're down on uh, two year olds. Your clients aren't doing their job with the success you've had with juveniles, especially the last ten years. Um, what's with your clients, man? They're not feeding you juveniles. 
Yeah, they usually buy what I want to, you know, but they uh, they just gone the other way right now. And some Under- of mine has uh, passed away too. My clients, my main clients, is, and uh, so uh, and the whole state. Uh, we need to rejuvenate the state with with more broodmares and stuff. And I just happen to have. Uh, stud out there so uh, that's but, uh, we we'd like to talk about that too barkley 10 for 20 at emerald downs a long acres mile victor uh just two horses in track history have won a stakes race at ages two three four and five barkley and noosa beach and uh he is making babies around the state howard tell us about that he is uh, a unique i don't know what you call it unique or what but he, he's going to make a great sire, I think, and not because I own him, part of him. Uh, Rising Guitar owns him, but I own part of him. Uh, I think he's his babies. You can talk to El Dorado, but it, I talked to uh, Jeff Harris, who's had my horses in Yakima, and he said he's never seen babies that get along and have such great attitude. And in racing... Hmm. Your attitude's everything. You go to the paddock and see good horses uh, running good races, and they all got common sense. So, And uh, these babies, they don't fight you. They don't bite you. They just want to snuzzle you and play with you. And he, he marks them. He puts a white head on them. Yeah. It's, it's, amaz- it's amazing what it does. But this horse was never, cut, never allowed to run. I, I I don't know what I should say aloud, but he always had leg problems. He was always uh, you had to train him up to it, and it's it's tough to train horses. He wouldn't put much into it. He'd do what you ask of him, but uh, uh, when you got leg problems and you and they don't train well, well, then you they got to run on guts only. So. Well, whatever he did was on guts only. So. And some ability, that's for sure. A son of Munnings, undefeated as a two-year-old. I uh, had all those great battles with Mach 1 rules at three. Uh, was a good older, good four-year-old. And uh, at five, hey, how about a Long Acres Mile victory? So uh, Barkley by Munnings, whose stud fee at age 15 is as high as or it's higher than it's ever been. I think he's up to 75000 Vince. I love Munnings, and yeah. you know that, Joe. I always give them a second look, and Barkley is one of the favorite Emerald Downs horses ever because oh, uh, yeah. of his ability and, and the heart Howard's talking about and just the unique uh, look of him with that big white face and kind of the blockier-type body and uh, just a really cool horse. Uh, one of the Another cool horse Howard Belvoir's had was our 2020 horse of the meeting, Dutton. And, of course, he struggled a little bit last year as a three-year-old. But just, you know, I look at the work tab every day, Howard. It sure looks like Dutton has been training well coming into 2022. He, uh, he's he been really training well. Uh, as as a two-year-old, he is pretty unbelievable to me as not a trainer, but a, a, a you know, a spectator because he would uh, – he would show speed, and I mean real speed. It wasn't, and he wouldn't stop or nothing. He's he's had a rough life. His biggest problem is his head. You know, the first time he was in the in in his life, he flipped in the gate and got under it. 
should have killed the the most most horses that would have really hurt. Then, as a three year old, after he run good, I took him back over there and thought everything was good, and then he flipped in the gate again for straights. So, and I think that hurt him worse more than I thought. It was one of them deals as a back end, and it's like our backs. You can go to a doctor and they don't know where it is, but it's there. So, but he, uh, he's been training awful good this year. So, but well, that's great to hear. Hook, great. We got to have the speed horses. Yep. <laughs> Between, uh, Vince's horse and this horse, they're going to see some good dashes. That would there. be Papa's golden boy and Dutton. Yep. And Joe, who do you think's faster early between those two? Well, I'd have to give it to Papa's Golden Boy right now, who's, you know, over the last two years as an older horse. But I, I, just talking out of the gate. Um, well, Dutton's certainly capable because even though he didn't win last year, he still showed some pretty significant speed to, you know, the, the half mile and so forth. I so. think it'd be a real cool matchup because Dutton exits the gate about as fast yeah. as a thoroughbred can. Yeah, that first career start, Howard. Howard was standing about uh, 20 feet from me in his first career start, which was a stakes race in 2020. And as Howard mentioned, he uh, he had gate trouble when he was trying to run before that in the previous stakes race so howard was ready to debut him in a stake and he just absolutely blitzed that good-sized field at emerald downs on that weeknight and uh howard about the three sixteenths pole goes hey i told you he was a freak <laughs> and uh, and yeah he certainly was three for three at two godstein futurity and uh horse of the meeting and co-horse of uh co-champion two-year-old along with Bodemeister. That's so, right, yeah. Howard, yeah, the two-year-old, so lucky, Elliot Bay, Dutton, you know, Barkley back a few years as two-year-olds. Your two-year-old prowess has been fantastic. So, um, you know, I'm sure we're going to take a close look at those. And, you know, you've had some good horses develop as well. Um, but looking back into the late 2000s when you had assessment and Wasserman in that stable of yours for many years in a row that you'd have to look back pretty fondly at those years as well wouldn't you yes it was uh you know when you have them in your barn you don't think as much as you do if they were in somebody else's barn mm -hmm. if they were in somebody else's barn i'd say boy i'd like to have that barn <laughs> and uh so you got them in here, you know, and it's uh, they just show class in our class, you know, and uh, like the best thing you ever have in a racehorse is, is like I say, common sense and class, and they'll win out most of the races. And uh, Howard Belvoir, Washington Hall of Fame, and in good part due to the achievements of Bark of uh, Barkley, but as well uh, the horses we're talking about from 2008-2009, that era at Wasserman and Assessment. Howard, the breeder, owner, and trainer of Wasserman, and uh, Wasserman is the richest horse in Emerald Downs history with career purse earnings. And Assessment, that mile in 09, that was as great as the build-up and match-up and race. Is, uh, I think that might be my favorite mile as far as just the build-up and then how it took place on the track. And you won it from the outside post, Howard. Yeah, it was, it was a great, uh, uh, we're 
I think you were, Joe, you were lucky to, or whoever picked this horse out because he was a long shot. He's, he, he was like a, a workhorse. I mean, he did Stigger or whatever you want to call him. He tried every time and he was a hot horse and he's getting a nod on the photos because he went up, but, uh, and he always took the worst of it. He, oh, he always went wide, but he was a big horse, is a big horse, and long striding. So I like to keep them on the outside where they don't break stride and stuff. So yeah. actually, my opinion, if I looked at the races 10 times, I'd say assessment should have won the, this race. When Wasserman won, Wasserman <laughs> should have won the next year. Yeah, Wasserman ran a better race the second year. Yeah, he was. And, he had to go really wide in '09, and uh, yeah. Assessment had a little and trouble it, at the top of the stretch in '08. Assessment was a, a very strange horse that he wanted to get in trouble. He found trouble. It hmm. came to him, and and he uh, uh, Galen was on him, or or no, Juan Gutierrez I think was on him. But anyway. He got in so much trouble and still come on around third or fourth. So it's just, he was, he was a good horse. Cut out to be a real good horse. Yep. And Wasserman as well. Wow. Four, four photo finish stakes wins in 08 and mile day 2008. Uh, I've never seen uh, people get behind one horse like that, whether you had a wager on them or not. Uh, that hometown crowd was really cheering for Wasserman, Jennifer Whitaker, Howard Belvoir, uh, in that three. Yeah, photo. I was kind of. Uh, I don't get him very emotional. No, you don't. Emotion, and you had the camera on on me all the time, and they said, "Well, you're never going to get nothing out of him." <laughs> anyway, so, but when they when he come back, and it's about a standing ovation, I think, yep. and it. Uh, Really was heartwarming. Oh boy! That a horse from here would get that, you know, especially out of my stable. So, yeah, yeah, that's but, one of the uh, one of the most popular mile wins ever for sure. Wasserman in '08. It was, and yeah. uh, out of Share of the Night by Cahill wrote out of Share of the Night Wasserman. Howard had six horses in training one year out yeah. of that dam. We had that picture taken. Uh, Six sons or daughters of the damn share of the night were in Howard's barn. Yeah, that's at one what time. Howard's talking about. We need those good mirrors yeah. like that to breed to, and then we'll all be in great shape, right? Yeah. So. Howard, uh, what uh, you, you like some of your chances this weekend? I do. I, okay. I, I do, but uh, you know, this time of year, like I say, we're very, very unlucky to have a. Uh, rainy rainy deal because that would have been a great opening to to run in and uh, rain you know it helps you say it helps a few horses but it hurts in the long run it hurts their legs a little bit it's a hard surface uh, and it was just uh, it would have been a great opening but my horses like I say I think they're pretty fit and uh, they, I train pretty hard in the springtime. Yeah, so, we've noticed uh, that on the works, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I believe getting something out of it and when you're going to do it. So, uh, And I had a good spring because everything went right. Great. And, uh, so I think my horses will fit the bill, but you got to 
stop and think about other trainers. I mean, they're in the same, wearing the same shoes. Sure. I mean, they they got horses that have been working good too, so you never can tell. So, but I think my string is is good right now. If you fire them up to regular, it's just going to be we're we're short of horses. We need horses, and uh, we need broodmares, and we need everything from the foundation up. Well, and, the purses uh, are up twenty percent this year, which is a really good starting point. I'm I've heard you know many. Uh, positive statements from horsemen the last couple weeks saying, wow, you know, we're running for this this year. Wow, that purse used to be 18.5. And so that, that's a good starting point. Let's hopefully we can build on it. We had a really nice handle on Sunday. And uh, if that continues, then, uh, you know, it, the money gets spread around, including to the breeders and the purses. So, uh, Howard, uh, you know, always good catching up with you. You've got a really keen eye uh, for picking out a horse and for training a horse. And uh, it's always fun learning from you out on a training morning as well. You don't miss much out there. Uh, one of the reasons you're in the Washington Thoroughbred Hall of Fame. And and just have a great season this year. We appreciate Thank you, guys. I appreciate it. Thanks, Howard. Thank you, Howard. Howard Belvoir joining us on Horse Racing Northwest. And Howard is just uh, um, off to a good start. Um, yeah, I noticed his uh, horses have maybe just a little faster works this year, you know? Yeah, maybe it's a... Have you noticed that at all? Well, he's, like you said, he always, they train pretty fast overall, Howard's horses. But yeah, I'd say a little bit more than usual. And sure encouraging to watch them run the way they did on, uh, on uh, Sunday for opening day. So, and it's kind of interesting because he likes his horse this weekend. Uh, you know, a couple of them are, I've made pretty long prices like on uh, Saturday. They're tough races. So, I mean, you know, I think he's got Miso Fast in and uh, he's got RBI and Muncie in a race on Sunday. Those are both capable horses. So we shall see. Yep. Okay. Well, Bill Downs is going to join us in our final segment. So continue on with Horse Racing Northwest. Share of up to $100,000 every week with Jokers Run Wild at Muckleshoot Casino. We're drawing winners every Wednesday in May at 6, 7, and 8 p.m. inside Galaxy. Be here for your chance to win up to $100,000. Play with your Muckleshoot Rewards card to earn entries with double entries on Tuesdays. Jokers Run Wild at Muckleshoot Casino, the biggest and best in the Northwest. As they arrive at the top of the stretch, 911 and Boldacious. 911 with a slender lead. Boldacious fights on along the inside. And then a few more lengths back to Firewalker outside. Third, Brannigan's in fourth. A final furlong to go. It's 911 and Boldacious. 911 with the lead over Boldacious. And it's 911. Give jockey Alex Cruz a running double on opening day. 911 breaks the maiden. That was a call from track announcer Bill Downs on opening day last Sunday at Emerald Downs. Bill Downs at Emerald Downs, and Bill is joining us here in segment three of Horse Racing Northwest. Bill, uh, hey, you got one race day in the books here locally. Yep, one down, 51 to go. Uh, was a little bit rainy. It reminded me of my days in Indiana since <laughs> they get plenty of rain in the summertime. And uh, hopefully uh, this weekend, I'll get to see Mount Rainier from the announcer's booth. Hey, weather forecast really good for Saturday, temperature-wise Sunday as well. Uh, 
I mean, I'm hearing maybe 70, 70 degrees on Saturday. That would mean that the mountain would probably be out, Vince Brun. It would. And uh, just scouting ahead, well, we talk about the Preakness a little bit. You know, 97 degrees forecast for Baltimore this Saturday I was looking. So yeah. that's going to be a little bit hot for the horses, I would think. You've been to the Preakness several times. You covered it, actually, didn't you? Well, no. You didn't cover the Derby, but you covered the Preakness? How'd that work? No, well, I was working for Santa Anita for several years, and Santa Anita was owned by the Stronic ah. Group, which also owned Pimlico. Sure. So I'd go back and head up the notes team. Then one year I was the head photo marshal, and uh, me and Kurt Hoover, that was your Smarty Jones one, we watched from the infield together from about, eighth pole on home and it was a perfect day and Kurt goes you know we must have done something right with our life to be standing here right <laughs> now in this balmy weather watching the Preakness then I've been there though when it was absolutely humid and miserable and then another time it was raining so I did that like four or five years it was a lot of fun though yeah um yeah watching Smarty Jones I remember watching Funny Side he was really good too both yeah. of those horses just missed a triple crown Smarty Jones. Who didn't like Smarty Jones, Bill Downs? Uh, gosh, that was what, 2004? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Because I remember I was I was at River Downs that year. Okay. So um, that's why I remember it. I don't know. Just, yep. just came to me like that. But uh, I know the, just to give you a little announcing tidbit, where, you know, uh, uh, where Larry Colmus will call, he'll call it outside. Yeah, where at the Derby, he's inside. So if it rains and pours, all his notes and everything else and his, his coloring and, and all the good stuff that announcer d d does in preparation, that could go right out the wayside. Or I don't know if he, he gets like, a, 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 you know. A couple of interns holding umbrellas at least. Yeah, yeah but it's it, it's not as, uh, it's a lot a lot more makeshift than it is huh. uh, at, at Churchill. So. so, yeah, last Sunday we recapped that a little bit. But Bill, uh, yeah, calling in a muddy track from a brand new venue, you know, you You'd taken a couple steps in that room prior to Sunday, but seeing those live horses running around the track and a muddy day, you know, well, you had to be on your toes, right? Yes. Uh, the good news was uh, five and a half furlong races, so therefore you don't have as much time to gather mud on the front. Sometimes, hey. sometimes when it's really raining, you could become invasion of the mud people when they turn for home, and everything looks like it's brown, but uh, it wasn't that bad. Um I love being up high. It's a lot higher than Indiana. Mm. It's not as high as the Churchill booth, um, but it's one of the higher booths that I've dealt with, which is great from an announcer's perspective, being able to uh, see. And, and there's no nothing that gets in the way. Good. You know, some tracks, you know, Arlington, for example, the old, uh, late Arlington, I called a couple races over the last couple of years there. They got trees all over the place on, on the turf does course. Too, yeah. Oak Lawn, the fairgrounds. Santa Anita has the big board there, which kind of yeah. obstructs the backstretch a little bit. Yeah, but you can at least with the big board, you're looking at the, the video of the race. Well, so that's kinda, true. <laughs> so you're able to kind of, you know, it doesn't it doesn't hurt that much. But yes, uh, that does uh, where the announcers added Santa Anita. That can get in the way. Um, I'm just, uh, you know, uh, so therefore, there because there's no hindrances, I, I love it. You know, a little bit past the finish line, which is, I had that at, at uh, Indiana as well. So I'm kind of used to that. But I've dealt with front. I've been right on the finish line, way in front of it, way behind it. Huh. So you just kind of learn. I, I didn't take too many chances on calling photos. I'm just kind of keeping a, a mental uh, scoreboard if I get it right in my head before I get too cute. Because mm -hmm. uh, even though you might get it right, uh, some announcers will, will be a lot more liberal in calling photo finishes. I tend to be, I want to be right 
99% of the time. Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't want, I don't want to be right 90%. I want to be right 99% of the time because the, the times you get it wrong and people go, Oh, come on. You, I was, how could you not see the three got up <laughs> over the four? Come on. Yeah. That's interesting. Cause I mean, for each announcer, it's probably different when they think that whole thing through, but I kind of agree with you, Bill, until you're really comfortable at a place, why, why chance it? Exactly. Yeah. There's no, you know, just say photo. And you know, uh, and the, and the other good news is that the, the pan camera person is right next to me. Mm-hmm. So therefore his view is not that different than my view. So what you're seeing on the, the pan mm-hmm. camera shot is, a, is what I'm pretty much seeing mm-hmm. as well. He's over about, you know, 15 feet or so, but that's not that much in terms of different perspective. Uh, but all in all, you know, it's, it's just getting names, uh, starting to learn, you know, um, trainer silks because that's what I use to to memorize. I use whatever the jockeys are wearing, the silks, uh, and then the different uh, owners and trainers and whatnot. And ask me in about uh, two three weeks, I'll be able to probably name you twenty five pairs of silks where I could only name you five right now. Well, you learned the guest our earlier guest. You learned his silks pretty fast on Sunday with a couple of wins, right? Yeah, yeah. black uh, with the red sleeves. Those go way back around here. Yeah, and then you know <laughs> Parker is uh, yeah you know, obviously mostly yellow with some black. You know, like I said, give me three weeks, I'll I'll be able to r- rattle through twenty five of them. Um, once I, I, once I see him visually on the track, I can read all you want, you know, from the program until I see him visually and match it up. Right. That's how I tend to, to, to memorize stuff. Huh. Exactly. Interesting. You're talking, yeah. you're talking to a couple of experienced track announcers here, Bill. Uh, yeah. no. uh-huh. <laughs> we each called about what? Six or eight races last yeah. year. At, yeah. Probably it, at least. It yeah. really give you a, a real, uh, understanding and respect for what those yeah. guys do. It's but, a tough job. Yeah. Just the point Bill's making there about the silks and, mm-hmm. and we've been seeing the silks for years sure. and years and years. So that really, really helps. And, and you know, you start picking out riders riding style a little bit. They're, oh, yeah. They're motion on a horse and whatever. And you know, the things. riders themselves are absolutely amazing at that. They don't have to have a program in front of yeah. them. You get midway through the season. They know exactly who is on that horse just by the way they're sitting. Yeah. yeah. Yep. They're, that's what they do. Yep. That's, that's, that's yeah. exactly right. Okay, Bill's with us, and uh, yeah, uh, anything else from opening week? Uh, it, uh, you know, we had a good handle. The weather was uh, rainy, and we talked about that. It, the sun came out for the last race, but uh, uh, your handicapping was good. You were 33%, better than the public average, mm. so uh, good job there. Yeah, I try and, you know, I'll... I'll settle for the favor every now and then, but well, I try, yeah. I try and beat the favor because, you know, me too. you don't really, get, you know, to me, it, you don't get credit if, if you pick the favorite, especially a low price favorite or short price favorite and it wins. And then if it doesn't, you feel really stupid. So yeah. I might as well take a shot hey, at, you those, know, those yeah. are my sentiments. Exactly. Yeah. Really. Yeah. Everyone can knows that what, you know, if they want to take the favorite, go for it. So sure. And you can, you know, use them in, pick ends me and joe know a guy we're not going to say his name but he he'd have the four to five favorite on top and it would run second and he thought he did a good <laughs> job and see we give the public the nuts there in that race we were all we we yeah. so it's i appreciate that though bill and speaking of that are we going to get his preakness pick yeah let's okay we can go to that right now um are you going to pick the preakness Vince? uh you, you picked know, up a center in the derby and i'm going to ask you one question before we go to bill and the preakness uh 
you did box epicenter with a few horses. Like five and, of them, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, hey, how close were you to having a, no, a 321 there? I don't box? want to redboard it, and I didn't do my homework appropriately. Oh, I, yeah. You know, if I had really taken a good look at Rich Strike, there were a couple things that I did like about him, but that's that's redboarding right now. I didn't have it, you yep. know, and if I had spread a little more, it's conceivable, and it really... I don't see too many exactos paying four grand with <laughs> involving a favorite. So uh, our yeah. friend Kurt Hoover in California, he nailed that exacto. He liked Epicenter, and he had the the wherewithal to do that back wheel. Very and good. Very worth it. Okay, on to the Preakness. And again, we mentioned uh, gates open at 7 a.m. If you're headed up to the fifth floor on Saturday, gates open 7 a.m. Preakness goes at 4 p.m. Emerald Downs time. And, uh, Bill, uh, what's your thoughts on this year's Preakness Stakes? Um, I mean, I still think it has plenty of intrigue. We talked about, uh, you know, the Philly uh, going in this race, and I, that makes it a lot of fun. A secret oath for Lucas, uh, you know, was third against the boys in the Arkansas Derby, looked great in the Kentucky Oaks. Yeah. Numbers-wise, she'll have to improve a little bit. I mean, Epicenters is a deserving favorite. I know we just got done talking about uh, favorites and trying to beat them, but you know, if he runs his race, he's going to be there. Uh, so it's not, he's not a, a favorite, even though I'm not going to pick him. I have mass respect if I was playing, uh, you know, pick five or anything like that. I definitely got to got to throw him in there. Yeah. Uh, the two that I like, though, the most uh, early voting would be my top pick, the five horse for Chad Brown. Um, the Wood Memorial, that was a, fa- you know, a, a pretty decent pace for, for that race. And early voting was only making his uh, third career start. And it seemed to, to benefit closers on that day. And the fact that, yeah, he had the two-length lead at the eighth pole and got caught. Um, but I, I like that race from early voting. And Chad Brown um, just said that, that early voting was lacking experience to go in a race like the Kentucky Derby. And he just passed the race and, and, and is going in the Preakness. And he's got a good post. And, I, I you know, there's some horses that could show a little bit of early lick. But I, I think early voting is uh, the fastest of the bunch. And if he breaks well, I think he's the one to catch. Now, a a long shot that I like a little bit is another lightly raced horse, a two-horse creative minister for Kenny McPeak. That race at Churchill Downs where he won that allowance optional claiming race, he hopped badly at the start. He was dead last Hmm. early on. And and he tipped uh, Brian Hernandez, who's a very underrated jockey, yeah. Uh, by the way, is aboard has been aboard all all three career starts. Will be aboard in the Preakness Stakes. He came and got the those those t- uh, second and third place horses who were on the pace, and they weren't really fading. And he just went out and got them. He's got a lot of talent. I know his numbers are not uh, huge or anything like that, but uh, Creative Minister, I think of uh, of the long shots is probably the one. I would like the most. So, you know, probably five, two, eight for me, you know, um, but you know, if you're going to play a, a, a favorite, you're going to have to find something unless you're just going to do a stone cold exacta or a stone cold try or something like that. But I do like early voting uh, a lot off of that wood memorial uh, performance. What's uh, what's your knock on secret oath? Um, well, Philly against the boys. Um, I, I don't, I don't dislike her. How about that? You know, it's kind of like, yeah, I just named you three. Yep, so there's yep, my yep. top three. I get if it. I got a fourth, Secret Oath is, is the fourth. So I, I'm really excited to see her, but you know, she's gonna have to she's gonna have to run every bit as good, if not better, than she did in the Oaks. And, and she had a she had a rough trip in that Arkansas yep, Derby. Yeah. Still made a really nice mid race move. Yep. She's got a ton of talent. Uh 
again, I'd probably be rooting for her, but um, I'll jump in there. I, I like Bill's uh, price play in there, creative minister at 10 to 1, just a super rapidly improving horse. Uh, as soon as he went to two turns, uh, all systems go. He's beaten big fields. He's won pretty easily twice. Um, yeah, early voting, epicenter could hook up a little bit. Early voting, I see uh, Jose Ortiz sticks with him rather than simplification, who made a huge move in the Derby to run fourth. So I think um, my price play, I might be putting a little bit on creative minister, the two horse there. Vince. Yeah. Yeah, and, you know this this race I think is getting a bad rap. I I, I think it's a pretty darn good uh, renewal of the Preakness, and I, I think that when you look back on this race, I think in a few months you'll be like, yeah, this is was pretty mm-hmm. darn good. And you know, we mentioned simplification. I don't know what Vince thought about uh, simplification, but you know, he he's a great at stakes winner, and uh, and it wasn't that far off in the Derby, and, and not far off in the Florida Derby either. So this is a, this is a pretty pretty good race, I Why? think from. Why did simplification go off at 35 to 1 and Happy Jack, a non-winner of two, went off at 23 to 1? Uh, that, you know, Happy Jack at 23 to 1 really surprised me. He broke his maiden in a sprint and then he was beaten double digits three straight times. Anyway. I yeah. would I would guess just because O'Neill is a two-time derby winner maybe and uh, Antonio Cena. Uh, I, that's just one guess. And I get uh, Jose Ortiz is picking early voting. Part of that, I got to think, is all the amount of business he does with Chad Brown and Karovich stables, yeah. too. Might have been a little bit sway there. It is, of course, a triple crown race, and, you know, usually all those kinds of things are out the window. So uh, I like the horse you guys came up with there. Uh, I can't, I mean, Bill likes uh, early voting on top, but Creative Minister, like you guys mentioned it now, is, uh, has got some things. Another thing I like to toss in there, he's run at three different tracks, mm-hmm. run well at three different tracks. You know, uh, he doesn't need his uh, home surroundings to run his best so okay well there's a look at the preakness again that goes at 4 p.m and really good cards at pimlico on friday and saturday and again gates open 7 a.m on saturday how about this saturday at emerald downs day number two bill vince does the morning line that is out there if you want to check uh equibase.com or wherever you get your uh entry information you uh got any good handicapping thoughts for saturday bill yeah um, sometimes I, I like to do my handicapping without even doing the morning line. Yep. Um, just to, uh, take an unbiased view. When I was at Indiana, I did make the morning line. So therefore I was always biased when I was <laughs> what uh, is handicapping. Bill Down's going to make this horse. Anyway, yeah, you... exactly. And then, you know, the, the Monday morning quarterback, uh, you always hear about uh, as well. Um, I, I like Prescott. I think I think Prescott. She goes. I think she goes off as the favorite. Vince, what did you make? Uh, Nine the, to five. I see. Yeah. I just, so yeah, it's interesting. John Parker and Candy Kreiderman have the top two choices yep. there, and they've been running against each other right. down in California. Cielo mm-hmm. Diamante, who's out of a good mare called My Palmia, and then uh, Prescott coming off a nice victory is the uh, nine to five choice. And then you know in that race, you also got Golden Glitter, who was stakes placed here last year against. Uh, Coran twice and also a big uh, maiden special weight winner uh, from the big Frank Lucarelli barn, Chad and Josh. So there's some depth to that field. Yeah, and I don't expect both Kreiderman horses to to be adding fuel to the fire in terms of the pace. Uh, you got Golden Glitter for Lucarelli, who is an established front runner. But Prescott seems, you know, they, they've alternated. They beat one yeah. another. And it's just interesting. One time Prescott was up close and, and won the race. And then 
the race two back on April the 2nd, uh, Cela Diamante made the front end and she went on the score. So there's not, I don't think a whole bunch uh, separating the, the top contenders. I'm, you know, smiling salsa on the outside doesn't have as, as good a numbers, but I love fillies. I love horses that take a little bit to figure things out. Once they start doing it, then you can see, uh, you know, a rapid incline. They get, they get that first maiden win and, and then come back against winners. And, and yeah, it wasn't the, the, the most, uh, um, you know, flamboyant buyer in the world, but, uh, was able to get up and wasn't, uh, the normal running style for her is being right on the lead. She came from a little bit mm-hmm. off the pace and we'll see. I think in a race like this, I think she's going to do the same thing um, because uh, there's some other fillies in this race that are pretty quick. So five and six for me, I guess uh, in that eighth race on Saturday. Okay. Yeah. Smiling salsa. Yeah. She's got a license to be good. She's nicely bred by smiling tiger out of Maria's Monmare. And like Bill said, she's improving. Yeah, you know, she was highly tried last year and you know, didn't actually come that close, but Slack Tide and Koran were stakes winners, and oh, her form this year is outstanding. You know, a few maiden races, but she ran well in most of them. Now she's won two in a row. So I had a tough time overlooking her, but, you know, Akasi, who Vince knows well, Akasi, uh, Bill, on September 19th when she broke her maiden here, uh, Alex Cruz lost the iron. Is that that race? Yeah, yeah. That's the race. Yeah. That's the race. Oh. Uh, she was a strange horse all year last year. Really Talented, strange. but strange. She okay. would she would not run the turns. It it really doesn't show it that well in those PPs, but if you watch her races, uh, she looks like she's going to win at the 3 eighths pole, and then there's nothing on the turn, and she drops back. And then she comes flying uh, three straight times. And Alex Cruz coming back every time, shaking yeah. his head. <laughs> and one of those times was Karan. One was to slack tide. Yeah. Both stakes winners last year. Karan was unbeaten. So I think Akazi has the talent. Uh, her training you know, is coming right along. David Martinez and doesn't work them super fast. So those those buyers too, they're they look really low, but those are two year old buyers yeah, too. Right. I'm not worried about those too yeah. much. Um, the fact that yep. she ran with Koran and Slack Tide. So uh I'm saying she can pass horses. Maybe she's uh you know, been schooled a little bit out of losing turn on the or losing ground on the turn. I don't if she does that, it's gonna make it tough. But but she definitely has some talent. This would be a race for uh, prep kind of for the Seattle Stakes, which we'll see yep. probably, uh, I think, like about June 20th, one of our first stakes races. And I believe that's where we will see maybe Koran in her 2022 yep. debut. Yep. And, you know, we got to drinking for Jennifer Nunnally, had that very impressive mm-hmm. maiden win, and then uh, was detached in the Shinpo, but came on very nicely at the end to, you know, open some eyes. So she's... Her career is uh, certainly a cause for optimism at this point. Okay, that's a look at the eighth race. Anything else from Saturday? That's, no, that's cool. That's just a, it's a race that yeah. even though it's a, a field of six, I I don't have any X's through anybody, and that's usually a pretty good sign in yep. terms of uh, from a handicapping perspective. And this would be a race if I was playing the uh, you know pick four, pick five, whatever. Probably a race I'd be spreading a little bit because uh, I don't I don't have any X's through anybody. Very good. That is a three-year-old Philly sprint on Saturday, the 8th of 9. Um, hey, Vince, uh, how about a sports short from you? I think you have one. I do, and it's it's uh, get organized here. What there it is. Me? You know, this is uh, – do you remember a horse, Joe, called Gallant Sailor? Of course. That was Ken Jones, a, yeah. a homebred of Ken Jones, who uh, I got to know him. He'd been in the game so long in this state, but he – 
raced a lot out of state and I got to know him about, oh, we were doing those owner profiles and really enjoyed doing a story on him. And I know he, he passed a couple years ago, but uh, he was the man behind Gallant Sailor. Yeah, and who was the 1988 Washington Horse of the Year. And he's just kind of one of the strangest Washington Horses of the Year because <laughs> he was only five for 77 lifetime. He won the National Sprint Championship at Hollywood Park on December 17th, 1988 with Frank Oliveira's up at 61 to 1. Got up by a head, beat reconnoitering, beat Very Subtle, wow. who, who was the 1987, beat the boys in the Breeders' Cup Sprint, little sidelight on her. Very Subtle was written that day, 3rd December 1988, by Eddie De La for the only time in her career because... Regular rider Patrick Valenzuela and Gary Stevens had gotten into a fight in the jocks room the day before, and Patrick broke his hand. So as I was researching this a little bit. And so, very subtle by Hoist the Silver. Yeah, right, who's also very well known in the, in these parts. Um, so she, he wins that race at 61 to 1, and then for the next 16 starts in Southern California, he doesn't hit the board Wow! after, after doing that. He came up to... Uh, Emerald Downs, or excuse or Long me, Acre. to Long Acres to end his career. Probably his best race was a uh, third to uh, Captain Condo in uh, the Northwest Handicap. What was it called? Northwest Budweiser. The Northwest Budweiser Breakers Handicap, yep. yeah, in 91. And then he finished out his career with a third down at uh, uh, Bay Meadows. But just a, a kind of a different horse, Gallant Sailor. Because oh, yeah. he had he also won an allowance race at 20 to 1 at Hollywood Park in 1988. So he had this, just every once in a while, he'd jump up with these big races. So And he had started his career in Seattle at Long Acres and was okay. But he by had, Gallant Best. By Gallant Best. And he really did, you know, he was kind of an in and outer even then up here. So just he kind was. of a fun look back at a horse. One quote I remember from Ken Jones in doing that story was, uh, he goes, you know, I've had a lot of success running horses over their head. <laughs> yeah. He said that, and he goes, whenever I dropped a horse down, figured I was going to get a win, was a favorite disaster. Yeah. And and I've had a lot of luck. You know, them. one thing I have learned over the years, a horse that's capable of winning at big odds is certainly capable of doing it again. Yeah. You know, I've seen that. Yeah, you've mentioned that. I, I like going through a, you'll see that in a PP sometimes with a horse. Here he's won at 17 to 1, he's won at 24 to 1, he's won at 18 to 1. So How'd you get turned on to Gallant Sailor? Well, I was doing some research in the old Washington Racing Manual, mm -hmm. and uh, I saw that he was Horse of the Year, and I'm like, God, yeah, that was in between all these great horses we had in the state back then, yeah. and, and I know he had won a big race, so I said, like, get his PPs up here and see what that was all about, yeah. and then it all came back to me. Yeah, that was uh, his biggest uh, wins, Ken Jones, who was in the game. We a should long, we long should time. watch that. I, I don't know if we have that race on tape anywhere, the National Sprint Championship, or on video. Oh, not that I know of. Maybe our friend Kip Hannon oh, might yeah. be able to help He'd us with that. He'd be able to help us with that one. But that'd be a fun one to watch. Okay. I'm going to go baseball. I, I heard some stats uh, the first month that it was the lowest uh, batting, cum cumulative batting average in all of the major leagues and maybe ever. One stat was ever, and the other one was the lowest uh, run scored since 1983, cumulative in both leagues. So not a lot of hitting going on. And it reminded me of uh, a Mariner game in 1982. You know, maybe this isn't the closest that time. Was one of their, but, that was like their first okay team. Yeah. And uh, I, I was covering a lot of games for KVI, getting the post-game guest. And uh, the Orioles, who would win the World Series in 1983. Mm -hmm. Beat the White Sox. And lot, yeah. A lot of the these. AL. Or, and then beat right. the Phillies, yeah. I think, for to win the right, series. Beat yeah. the Phillies. Um, 
Bill Cuff's Coddle. Wow. He had a heck of a year. And uh, Bill Downs was just mentioning that he was a Cub. For the Cubs as well. Former Cub. Yeah. He had a fastball, and that oh, was yeah. his go-to pitch, about five out of six pitches. Well, one uh, ninth inning in the Kingdom, the Orioles were in town, and it was a really close game, uh, and they had a couple guys on base. Bill Cuffscottle blew away Ken Singleton, Eddie Murray, and John Lowenstein in a row. And it was pretty impressive. You know, the crowd was just going nuts. Remember um, Al Hrabowski when he used to... The Mad Hungarian. Yeah. But, but Cotto did that like on oh 10 pitches, God. right? Yeah. And he, he was... The adrenaline was flowing. He and the, came <laughs> in and the crowd... You know, strike, swing and misses. They were mostly swing and misses. Guys. They couldn't see it. Yeah, nowadays it's pretty common to have these 9,800 mile an hour relievers, but it wasn't so common yeah. back then. Yeah, he was... He had a heck of a year in 82 and I... 83, things didn't go quite as well. But that was a, a baseball memory because I was always kind of an Oriole fan. Ever since 66, yeah. when they shut out the Dodgers in the World Series, and I always did not like the Dodgers. You know, it's so. funny. They talk, I was an Oriole fan, too. And I remember, I think it was they were interviewing Bill Haller, the umpire. They goes, God, you must have hated umpiring the Orioles games because of early. He goes, no, are you kidding? It was all their pitchers through strikes. Their defenders huh. turned these singles into double plays. You're always out of there in two hours. We love the Orioles. It was true. They had a good, good. I mean, Brooks Robinson, Mark Belanger. Mark Belanger, Dave Johnson. Yeah. I mean, they were just vacuum cleaners. Frank Robinson, Don Buford. They were they were a great, great team. Yeah, they had a heck of a run all through the late '60s and through the end of the '70s. They were in the World Series. Okay, so that is uh, some sports shorts and uh, trivia. Last week we had a couple of uh, correct submissions. And I probably should have specified the question a little more, but I didn't. I said, uh, name a 1996 Emerald Downs winning racehorse from our inaugural season, who then later sired an Emerald Downs winner. you get that one, winner. Bill? No, I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, there were three, and uh, I didn't say who did it first. And actually, there's an asterisk on that answer, too. But uh, Russ and... Uh, um ryan both had winners name for norm was a our horse of the meeting won four two-year-old stakes in 96 he sired a winner uh, later in 2004 which i printed out somewhere was that that lady charla is that what we came up with yesterday? yeah that was it yeah yeah she won in 2004 um flying with eagles uh, broke his maiden here, went back to actually ran second in the Arlington, Washington Futurity, came back and ran second to no name for Norman the Gottstein. He sired Skyrider, a debut winner in 2003. So uh, Skyriders, are, excuse me, Flying with Eagles, full one before name for Norms. But then LJ Express, also outstanding horse from the early to mid-90s in Washington, he sired LJJ Express before those two won. So there were three sires, uh, three horses at one in 96 that later sired a winner at Emerald Downs. Okay, that was pretty obscure, but uh, we're going to give a T-shirt to both Ryan and Russ for their answers. Russ, and Russ is a trivia machine. He Russ uh, is fantastic. Yep, owner here at Emerald Downs too. Yeah. Okay, this week's question, send your answers to trivia at emeralddowns.com. Who has the most stakes wins by any horse that is in the Washington Thoroughbred Hall of Fame? So the most stakes wins from our Hall of Fame inductees. 
If you want a list of the inductees, uh, email at trivia at emeralddowns.com. Trivia at emeralddowns.com. I'll send you all the horses that are in, and you can do the rest. And a little prize down the line. Bill, thanks for joining us again. No problem. Week number two coming up, Saturday, Sunday, 2 p.m. And uh, we will continue on. Uh, Thanks to Bill. Thanks to Howard Belvoir for joining us. And thanks for listening to Horse Racing Northwest.